Hello beautiful people, welcome back to the Signature Boss Podcast. I'm your host Nadia Meli and I'm excited to introduce you to today's guest. 2020 was an interesting year for sure, we can all agree on that. But one thing I didn't expect to happen this year was to make new friends and meet new people. Like how would I make new friends if I can't travel abroad, if I can't travel to new places, new spaces, have new experiences? where would I meet those people, right? My radius this year was pretty much Brighton, where I live, and London, and that was it. I had two exceptions where I traveled to the north of England and to the south of England um, to see a friend and for work, and that was it, really. So I didn't think it would be possible to actually make friends by just staying at home, mostly. But I did, and it was a beautiful side effect of this wild year that I made some new friends online, and some of them I was lucky enough to see in person as well this year because they don't live far away. And some of these new friends moved to Brighton, actually, and I met them through friends of friends of friends of friends. <laughs> you know how it goes. And Vienda, my guest today, is one of those people. Vienda is a women's coach and a writer, but of course she is a lot more than that. She has a psychology degree, which is very fun when you talk to her. Uh, and very insightful. She runs a lot of online courses on different topics on self-development. She sells products. She writes beautifully. You should check out her blog and her Instagram. And of course, as always, I'll put everything in the show notes for you. And when I look at her workload and everything she does, it always looks very busy and full. At the same time, though, she has a very calm, slow paced and peaceful life and existence and she does all of these things while drawing from her feminine energy a lot and not leaving that place which is something I'm still learning how to do something I had no idea was possible for me hustle and business making money was always strongly connected to masculine energy and that's how I've always lived and I always felt a big gap in my life because of that so we talk about this a lot in today's episode as well, but we talk about so much other good stuff that you will want to hear. Vienna is also a Leo, which is why we get on like a house on fire. And I'm so excited um, to introduce her to you. I hope you enjoyed this episode and I hope this week is kind to you. Good morning. <laughs> How are you today? Oh, I'm all over the place today. <laughs> Okay. Welcome to day two. Good morning. Good morning. <laughs> Thank you for having me in your beautiful little space. Oh my goodness. Thank space. you for coming here. I love the little... <laughs> he his little face. He loves flowers and he's always like... Oh. <laughs> he, by the way, guys, is a cat. <laughs> it's Vienna's cat, Danger. Um, we might explain that name at some point during the podcast. We might not. We'll see <laughs> where we get. But... Um, yeah, I'm so excited to talk to you today. Mm-hmm, um, I'm always excited to talk to you, but <laughs> I'm excited to introduce other people to your wonderful self today. Um, thank you for the ceremonial chocolate. Mm-hmm, we've what, got some Mexican raw cacao here. What is ceremonial cacao? So what it means is it's unprocessed. So it's the bean oh, okay. that's been lightly roasted and then mashed and then that's it. So most chocolate that people have, it's been heated at a really high level and it 
okay. removes a lot of the benefits and nutrients and, and things that the chocolate contains. Mm-hmm. So this okay. is raw. Mm, it tastes very, very rich. It is really rich because it's like the pure form. Okay. And the benefits as well, it's really high in magnesium, but they say it's incredibly heart opening and um, they would use it for sexual rights and they would use it for empowering the mm. warriors before they went out to war and all sorts mm. of things. So it has okay. this like power behind it. So it, it. has something ceremonial mm-hmm. to it. Because mm-hmm. I was like, does that mean you use it for ceremonies? <laughs> like, well, essentially, it? yeah. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. I see it all over Instagram. I'm like, what is this special cacao? Mm-hmm. Guys, if you hear a cat meowing or making weird noises, that's that's our setup today. <laughs> it's just how it is. Um, so, Vienda, for people who don't know you, who don't know your story, um, I, I, I assume it's not possible to do like a, a short run through your biography, but let's try. <laughs> um, what? Who? Who's Vienda? What is your story? What's your background? Uh, from birth to now, Brighton. <laughs> and- wow, okay, let's see if I can do Just- this in 5.2 minutes. <laughs> um, so, I'm Vienda. I was born in Salzburg in Austria, mm-hmm. and my mom's Austrian, my dad's Italian, he's from Sardinia. And I had just a really unusual, bohemian, squiggly type of lifestyle. It was mm-hmm. not very linear, it was not mm-hmm. very conventional or traditional. Mm-hmm. And for sure, when I was a child, there was many times I resented that. Because mm-hmm. I was like, I just want to be a normal girl like all the other girls. Mm-hmm. But as an adult, I'm incredibly grateful for that because it's given me a richness and a depth and a perspective that I wouldn't have otherwise. Isn't that funny how we want to blend in when mm-hmm. we're young? We want to belong and then... So desperately. <laughs> yeah. And so I spent most of my childhood traveling a lot with my parents at first throughout mm-hmm. Europe. Mm-hmm. And then once my parents split up, which was when I was about four... My mom moved to Australia when I was six because she got married to a German man who wanted to move there. Okay. And I ended up traveling between them in Australia, my grandparents in Austria, my grandparents in Italy, and my wow. dad a little bit. And so my grandparents on, from both sides are quite mm. influential in raising me. And mm. so a lot of the um, patterns and subconscious beliefs and blocks that I've had to work through have actually come from their generation. It was almost like I skipped my parents perspective and I had to work through like a lot of the dogma and traditional perspectives that they had put into me but you know it's interesting but it's also Mm. ah, so worthwhile Mm. and so um oh I'm like, where do I go from here? I know. It's like, and we, we're just at in your childhood with right. your grandparents. Where do we go now? So anyway. Yeah. So um, my mom, I believe, has always had some mental health issues. Definitely depression and anxiety. Like so many of us suffer. It's not, it's such a common thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I, and I think more than that, but it's undiagnosed and untreated. Mm. And I think when you have any mental health, health issues one of the most important things is asking for and getting help and she was someone who felt a lot of shame around the ways that she felt in her life and probably took on too much responsibility Mm -hmm. wasn't able to ask for help Mm -hmm. and and so it was very very difficult living with her and being with her 
because she would take her anxieties and her challenges out on her family, on the people that she loved the most, which mm-hmm. I think is also quite common. Mm-hmm. And then there was this refusal of, of getting help and getting support. And I, I wonder sometimes, I don't know this, but I wonder sometimes if there was like a deep subconscious or even conscious fear that she would get found out for being mentally ill and and something would happen to her like it was almost like she felt like she had to hide it but I don't know that that's just kind of a sense I get when I mm-hmm. think about maybe what she was going through mm-hmm. and so that led me to being incredibly interested in human behavior and personal development and psychology and I went and studied psychology for four years and got a degree in it because I was just like I need to understand this stuff which was actually yeah. so beneficial to me not so much well also for my career but for my own healing and my own growth and my own journey because you have to do therapy yourself when you're studying to become a psychologist and do you mm-hmm. i didn't know that yeah where wait in which country did you study in australia okay is I that think everywhere that's normal yeah okay. in your last year if you want to become a practitioner before you become a practitioner you have to do therapy yourself well that makes sense it makes yeah. perfect sense <laughs> yeah. like yeah <laughs> danger <laughs> behave yourself <laughs> naughty cat stuff <laughs> happening um and then and then things got even more interesting <laughs> i f- finished my psychology degree and realized that i didn't want to be a psychologist because <laughs> <laughs> because of the way that the system worked and I think still works. I think it's getting better. But at the time, it was very strict and very rigid in the way that you have to categorize people. And and I, I felt like there's a huge part missing in terms of also spirituality and, and connecting to people at a soul level mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. looking at people as individuals instead of as like, oh, they, they show these symptoms and this is kind of yeah. the, the rules of how you treat them. This is the pattern, and this I, is the exactly. same with everyone. Yeah, yeah. And mm-hmm. I just, it didn't feel right. And also, mm-hmm. I'm not great with rules. I'm really mm-hmm. not someone who's good at hearing. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. We did a little secret high five there. <laughs> I'm not good at adhering to other people's rules. I need to do things in alignment with and in integrity with what I truly believe. And mm. often that doesn't work with the systems that are in mm-hmm. place in our world. Mm-hmm. So I started working for <laughs> um, International Psychedelic Trance Music Festival. <laughs> sure, yeah. <laughs> because, that's you know, the next logical that's step. That's clearly <laughs> the next step. I will. I was really into the music at the time, anyway, and, and life led me in that direction. I met a lot of producers, and and someone hired me, then someone else hired me, then someone else hired me, and it happened continued happening for about six years. Wow! <laughs> um, and it was amazing, and it took me all around the world, and it was such a fascinating stage to observe human behavior from because it's mm-hmm. so amplified mm-hmm. in those tiny communities and Mm. in those sort of environments where people are really expressive and and interacting and and being very free than they they would be in like a city or something. Yeah. Which I found so compelling and fascinating. It was almost like I continued studying. What happens at a psychedelic music festival? How is that different from a normal music festival? Um, Well, it's all about liberation. So it's about liberating your sense of self, liberating yourself from... The rules that you might be living, mm-hmm. liberating yourselves from belief systems, and then there's a lot of drugs, mm-hmm. which are also very liberating in different ways. 
Um, and the music itself, trance music, is designed in such a way to put you into a trance. Okay. So when you spend three, four, five, six plus hours, and you can spend like a good 12 hours on a dance floor when you've taken something, then you do go into a trance and it can become, it depends on where you're at in yourself. It's mm-hmm. such an interesting psychological experiment because everything is always going to be based on how you're showing up. So whatever you're working through within yourself is yeah. going to be amplified. So if you're like in a really happy social space and okay. that those social interactions are going to be amplified and you're going to connect more. Mm-hmm. But if you're in a really introspective space, then you're going to go deeper into that space and think more and feel more and explore more. And it takes you on this journey. So you're in a trance from the music. So while you're dancing, you're processing all of that? Processing so much. It's absolutely incredible. So are there people like crying on the dance floor for 10 hours? I mean, when somebody's having, and it happens when there's someone's having a bit of an emotional breakdown, there's always um, a first aid part on a festival with mental health people that you can go to. Oh my gosh, but okay. also, we all know as a community who mm. are in this music scene that this is part of the process, and so we create safe spaces for each other. And wow. and so, like, because we know this is part of it. Wow. Okay. <laughs> and so, yeah, I did that for quite a long time. Yeah. Until I got to a point where I was like, I'm tired. Okay. I can't do this anymore. And while I was traveling the world working for these music festivals, I started a blog towards the end. Mm -hmm. It started off as a newsletter Mm -hmm. because I used to write these epic emails from Hotmail. Do you remember Hotmail? I remember Hotmail. Some people still use Hotmail. (laughs) I'm like, what's happening here? (laughs) Some people still do. And I'm like, every time I see a Hotmail address, I'm like, why? Who are you? Yeah, exactly. but no judgment. No judgment. <laughs> I mean, I take that back. <laughs> yeah, that's. I mean, I didn't mean it like that. <laughs> I'm judging, but I'm not judging. <laughs> yeah, so like because I was traveling so much and meeting so many people, and it was before the time of Facebook. Yeah, yeah. I was collecting a lot of email addresses. I would uh, write these epic, like this is what's been happening. This is how I see the world. And oh, this to your like being. mailing list. To my <laughs> mailing list. To like just I do a group email to all the people that I collect oh, emails from yeah. and people were like you should start a blog when blogs started becoming a thing and I was mm. like I do not do the internet I refuse <laughs> I will never do anything on the internet I'm too free and naturist I will not <laughs> but of course a few years later I started a blog and that mm. over time evolved into the business that I have now which is mentoring mm. women mm-hmm. um, I have courses and I'm a writer and I just create cool shit what is what is your job like I mean not to put labels on it but I like if you would how how would you describe it or how if people ask you because people Mm -hmm. do that you know like Mm -hmm. if you meet someone what do you do Mm -hmm. how do you describe what you're doing Mm -hmm. I say that I'm a women's mentor and writer okay just to make it simple but like my aim is to help people redefine life Mm. and how they live it Mm. through various different channels formats yeah mm-hmm. that's why i wanted to talk to you mm-hmm. uh because this podcast is all about doing life your own way mm-hmm. um and business your own way uh and i love that you mentioned the word integrity already because <laughs> that's part of the like statement of this podcast to live a life um and lead a business with integrity and honesty because i don't believe in that cutthroat compromising your integrity and your values type of life and work 
Um, and we met through other friends of ours mm-hmm. who, um, like, two are your neighbors, <laughs> and the other one, Ali, she's my friend, and they knew you. And they were like talking about you, and they told me, Nadia, you have to meet Vienna. <laughs> you guys should be friends. She also speaks German, and she also speaks Italian, and you do too, and you would get along so well. Da, 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 da. And she's had this life and traveling and all of that. And like, um, I was like, yeah, you know how it is when people say, you have to meet that yeah. person, and you're like, yeah. It's I like mean, just because we have the similarities doesn't mean we actually will get on. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Like sometimes people, but they did have a hunch <laughs> yeah, they were right they were it's right such yeah a joy knowing you yeah same and i've in the short time that we've known each other i've already learned so much from you um every time we talk um you are a few years ahead of me in your journey and i i really really i'm really grateful to be able to like draw from like what what you've done and what you're doing and from your wisdom um super super grateful for that um so yeah really excited <laughs> so i'm blushing over here i'm like oh <laughs> I hope the camera gets this <laughs> um you um talked about your grandparents growing up with your grandparents and like and their conditioning and their beliefs mm-hmm. what stereotypes did you grow up with as in like what feminine stereotypes maybe um, and and molds or in general life stereotypes uh, did you grow up with then? Mm. Oh my god, I mean you have to, I just think back to my Austrian grandma, my Oma mm-hmm. and she had this, <laughs> she had this thing when I was a teenager, she was like when you finish school mm-hmm. you're going to get a job as a secretary and a nice office and you're going to marry your boss and then you'll be fine <gasps> okay that was her life plan for me what and if your boss was already married <laughs> i mean you gotta marry your boss <laughs> just gonna marry him I was, that was the obvious life plan that was a, okay and i get it because she's like from the 50s that was the dream mm-hmm. and and she wanted the dream for me yeah <laughs> except like a couple of generations too late <laughs> and I was like yeah yeah grandma sure like we'll see but like that conditioning was there of like you, and I remember her training me you're going to be I'm gonna make you a good woman you're gonna cook and clean okay. and please your man and then you will have a good life mm-hmm. and that was her belief system and mm-hmm. some of that seeped in mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I used to be able sure. to cook and clean now I can't because I unconditioned myself so well I'm <laughs> terrible at both well the cacao is great (laughs) thank you (laughs) and it was really interesting how that impacted my relationship with money because the modeling then was that Mm. the man provides Mm. and women don't have anything to do with money Mm. and la 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 and so once I became an adult and I was making my own money something that I noticed for a really long time like probably for the first 10 years of my like from 18 to 28 or something like that was that I could make money easily like that was easy mm-hmm, enough mm-hmm. but I was always broke it was somehow mm-hmm. never there always gone and it wasn't that I had like a super expensive taste it was mm-hmm. I just I don't even know what happened where to it, it goes, yeah. because I had this relationship mm-hmm. with money where it was not safe mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I didn't know how to manage it and all these beliefs about how money is not about not my job and the, and it mm-hmm. all changed when I read this book called Overcoming Under Earning and somewhere in the book mm-hmm. it says something like 
do you expect your man to come and take care of your money issues? And I'm like, yes. And I'm like, whoa, whoa. Uh, (laughs) Excuse me? Where does that come from? I'm an independent woman. I do not need a man to come. But that was the subconscious belief that was running the whole show. Mm. And suddenly I was like, okay, I need to take a responsibility. And everything changed from that. But like just Mm -hmm. little tiny things like that that seem Mm -hmm. insignificant. Mm -hmm. The impact is insane. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it, it is, isn't it? That's crazy. And it's funny that you you dealt with the with the conditioning from a previous generation not mm. even your your parents exactly. generation um obviously they would have that same conditioning but then they would have Maybe twisted less. it and, exactly. and less and then had like mm-hmm. other a, things <laughs> other things exactly um a lot of other things because the relationship with your parents and your mom is also something you talk about freely mm-hmm. online which um I find very interesting um, and, I, and it resonates so much with um, how I feel towards um, my mother especially um, and you wrote this amazing blog post um, a few weeks ago about um, what was it called? The it title. was called It's been six years since I spoke to my mom. It's been six years, yeah. That, that was the title. It was about your birthday and that she just sends you a happy birthday email mm. every year. Mm-hmm. And it just says happy birthday, right? And nothing else. Nothing else. Yeah. yeah. Um, do you find that just hearing that from like your mother every year, is that like, do you find that's like a leftover toxic grip on your life? Or are you like, okay, can you just brush over it? Can you be like, oh, it's fine? Or does it? It definitely, hurt? yeah, there's a twang in my heart that mm. happens. Mm when I received that email because I feel like if you're going to reach out please make it meaningful yeah please like Mm. share your heart with me Mm. who are you to me Mm. like what what is this I don't understand what this means I would rather you not take those 10 seconds yeah to write happy birthday and then in the body happy birthday and nothing else yeah like I would I would prefer it than Mm. for you to send me that because I don't I don't understand what it means mm. exactly it's like why what <laughs> yeah. does that it, it seems like this almost I don't know helpless trying yeah. to like we're still connected yeah, but trying to <laughs> I, I've rejected you so just so you know <laughs> I know it's weird isn't it oh, humans are humans are fascinating complicated very complicated so you've um you studied th- psychology um, and you've kind of worked your own way through your conditioning and the stuff you grew up with. You worked your own way through freedom. Um, was that... Because I know that some people... I have that self-motivation as well, like mm. to, to do the shadow work and to understand why mm. do I do this? Why do you do this? Um, was that... Do you remember a time when? Do you remember when that started? Because I ha- I know exactly when that started for me. Actually, mm-hmm. I wonder if 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 that's just me or if people do. Do you remember when that when that consciousness started for you? Or like I have to. Um, when did you wake up? Yeah, I remember. I was twenty three. Okay. And it happened around the time that I. I was trying to figure out why I felt so much pain in my body. Mm. Maybe not physically, but like heaviness and 
Okay. Just, and like emotional pain. And it was like, everything felt hard and I didn't understand why. Mm. And I sat down one day and was like, it's because all these people did all these things to me, you know, totally mm. in victim mode. Mm. And then I sat with that for a bit longer and I was like, okay, those things happened. Mm. Yes. Mm. Like, there's no denying it. However, the pain of those things I am actively holding on to. Mm -hmm. And that is my part. Like I take responsibility for that because this happened in the past. It's not happening now, but I'm feeling the pain now. So what the hell? Mm. And so I went through this sort of process of looking at each of the things that I was holding on to the pain of mm -hmm. and forgiving myself first <clears throat> and then releasing the person who caused it. But it was okay. really about forgiving myself, forgiving myself. And it's, I spent a long time doing it. And the person I was from the day before to the day after was completely different. And that's when I realized, oh shit, this works. Wow. This stuff is important and valuable and I'm committed to it because yeah. I want to be the most free expression of my soul that I can be in this in this life. Do you still have, I'm just like so interested in that because I, with all the therapy and stuff and, and things that I've worked on, I still have so many moments where I like slip and constantly like or doubt myself and I have if my my shit come up again <laughs> I mean um, that's human <laughs> yeah it is human it definitely is but sometimes you know when you on the internet it can feel like teachers or spiritual gurus or whatever whoever however we want to call them it feels like they don't have that mm. I you just, know what I, I mean I don't think they're good spiritual teachers if they don't, if share, they don't that. share that mm. yeah because there mm. is no one who is free of it not mm. even the most enlightened people. Mm. Maybe some are more free than others, mm. but mm. nobody is entirely free. Mm. That would be lying. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I yeah, I, I, and I've kind of gotten gone away from like even engaging or following people like that who mm. where you feel like something's off. Like, mm. where's the receipt for what you're saying? Yeah. yeah, and where's the integrity again? Like. Mm. The only reason we learn the things we learn is because mm. we go through the challenges that precede them. Yeah. So yeah. one of my favorite yeah. spiritual teachers is Eckhart Tolle. Yeah. He's fantastic. <laughs> and I love what he says. Like, even though he's in his, I don't know, 60s, 70s, mm -hmm. he's an old man now. He's mm -hmm. like, try spending three days with your family and you'll see how enlightened you are. And he like laughs about that is so about true. the things he does yeah. and says when yeah. he's around the people who trigger him. And I'm, he's like... I think I'm pretty far in my path, but I'm still like a five-year-old shit when I'm around them. Yeah. So. That's why three days is the magic number, right? <laughs> it's like three days with my parents and then I have to go again, <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah. I think you said the same rare. thing. Yeah. Then all the stuff comes Hi. up. <laughs> three days is enough. Sometimes my parents are like, oh, you should come and stay with us for two weeks. I'm like, no, I love you, but no. <laughs> <laughs> not happening yeah. yeah that's so true because yeah to get to that wisdom that mm -hmm. someone is sharing they have had to go through something unless that wisdom is not really theirs exactly and then like we should yeah. definitely not be listening to them yeah because um there's like knowledge which is something you can google mm. knowledge is just and and, and but wisdom. i don't think you can claim or own that kind of knowledge like Oh, no. I'm always interested no. when I read something fascinating in a book and I'm like, oh, I learned this thing. But I'll always say, I mm. read this thing in a book. Mm. I don't know it from my own experience. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you can't claim that, exactly. And it's not something 
there's a difference i think there's mm-hmm. knowledge that it's just thing it's facts or mm. it's it's head th- knowledge yeah. like oh yeah i read this i heard this i know this quote unquote mm-hmm. but wisdom is earned yes it's like Agreed. you earn it yourself mm-hmm. and that's completely different from just knowing things and saying them or repeating them i i think that's what like really draws me to you is you you really have wisdom because you share you know what's what came before that you know you share your experiences and you share um really what you've been through and then here's the beautiful result like you know this is the the fruit yeah um of of that seed which is really really beautiful and i think that authenticity and integrity just yeah just people just notice we can feel it can't we yeah i think everyone can feel it and it's something that i it's just important in my life i only want to spend time with people who are authentic and Mm. live in integrity Mm. everyone else can go do something else (laughs) (laughs) everyone else can go do something else (laughs) yes exactly i love that um i have i have so many notes about I have so many notes about your posts and Instagram things that I have saved and your blog posts and your voice notes. So guys, Vienda on her website does this amazing thing um, where it's called voice notes, like, you know, WhatsApp. Um, and it's basically like your podcast, isn't it? It, kind of. it is similar like a podcast, but yeah. you decided to just have it on your blog mm-hmm. and it's just you talking. Yeah, for it's like literally 20 voice minutes. notes. Yeah, on so. top on different topics. Yeah, that sometimes I can't even yeah. bother typing. Yeah, I love it. And you're like, "Hi, it's me." <laughs> it's like literally like listening to a voice note from yeah. a friend, which is the idea. Is which I so love. It's basically you already have a podcast, basically. <laughs> <laughs> so that's like the first step. Um, uh, I there's there's one post that I saved a while ago that uh, I found so interesting. Um, you. Um, you did a Q&A I mean a lot of a lot of things that I found interesting but you did a, a thing on Instagram uh, I think about what people want to know from you or like mm-hmm. I don't know like topics you should talk on or something mm-hmm. and someone said um, that uh, what to do with like men who cannot keep up with liberated mm-hmm. women mm-hmm. right um, and I loved your reply to that Um can you elaborate or first maybe maybe say what exactly was the question because I, mm-hmm. I feel like I didn't really say it well mm-hmm. and then what was your reply and mm-hmm. why because I really loved that yeah I I can't remember specifically but I remember yeah. the tone being from this quite resentful um maybe hurting place which is fine you know a lot of women have been hurt and we have a lot of work to do to heal those pains and Mm -hmm. and ensure that changes are are being put into place and Mm -hmm. we call people out on their behavior and things Mm -hmm. like that um but it came it was something like why why are women being so liberated or like they're in the process of being liberated but men cannot seem to keep up yeah and I didn't like I didn't like the question in that way because it creates separation. Mm-hmm. It's about separating men and women and the moment you separate it's the ego at play. It's yeah. not mm. like that's not love, that's mm. not truth and honesty, that's pain mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and ego. And so we have to look at how we 
what we say and how we say them because it's basically an insight into what we're processing and how we perceive the world Mm -hmm. and so you know something that I said to her or said in response to this question was that there are so many unconscious men Mm -hmm. in the world Mm -hmm. absolutely and like we have interactions with them every day when they're just like being boorish and like what's the word and like cavemen essentially (laughs) and that's fine that's their level of development and that's fine but there are also equally just as many Mm. unconscious women who are Mm. also manipulative and playing games and trying to get what they want in ways that are Mm. um out of alignment and not from a place of love and truth and so i don't actually think that all these women are being liberated and men aren't i think we're just seeing it more depending on what circles we move in yeah and also um the way that men are liberating themselves is very different. Mm -hmm. And something that someone actually said in response to this that I really liked was that women, we have been given permission and tools to express and share our emotions Mm -hmm. a lot more than men have. Mm -hmm. And so while they are doing the work, not all of them, obviously, like all not all women are, Mm -hmm. but the ones that are doing the work, they're they're doing it in a very different way. Mm -hmm. I just don't like the separation. I think we all have to come into unity here. I think we need to support each other. If you want men to show up and and be liberated and support women being liberated, then Mm -hmm. we need to show them how we need to call them in not call them out we need Mm -hmm. to like show them the way and be like you know you're safe here this is what i'm trying to do this is what i'm trying to create i'm doing this for all of us because because Mm -hmm. we want Mm -hmm. harmony in our polarity Mm -hmm. we're not at war Mm -hmm. i feel like though um that that's the message sometimes not that we're at war but that like um well you know you you are the man you have been our oppressors for so long Mm. uh you deal with your own shit i'm Mm -hmm. not gonna raise you i'm not your mom Mm -hmm. um which i'm sure you agree with but yeah like there's this i i I, I guess there's like a line of Mm -hmm. like obviously raising someone or inviting someone in Mm -hmm. um and if they don't want to take the invitation that's totally fine exactly but um i loved how you said um in your reply on instagram to instead of creating that separation like oh we're so evolved and you are not um (laughs) trying to yeah extend an invitation and understand Mm. each other more Mm -hmm. um because i feel like sometimes with certain types of not types sometimes like in in feminism i find that tricky like with it is i agree trying to find the balance isn't it Mm -hmm. like of oh like you know we're here and 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 to not create that separation like Mm -hmm. we're here you're on the other side because we do need each other Mm -hmm. in in this fight like women need male allies Mm -hmm. the same way um like black people indigenous people people of color need white allies because Mm -hmm. unfortunately racists white racists don't listen to people of color and black people yeah so they and need white people too exactly so they need they will listen unfortunately that's the reality they will listen to white people mm-hmm. and misogynists don't listen to women mm-hmm. <laughs> unfortunately they listen to men more so mm-hmm. we do need each other absolutely in in this journey and mm-hmm. we also need each other just on a spiritual human level which is also something i want to talk about the male yeah. masculine feminine mm-hmm. energy 
Oh my thing. god, it's one of my favorite topics. But before we go, go. there, but like <laughs> I just love that topic so much because I feel so it's so important oh, in yes. our times right now. Yeah. And this external trying to separate or separation of masculine and feminine yeah. is a reflection of also the individual internal mm. separation mm. of masculine and feminine within each person. Mm. So a lot of people will reject either the feminine or the masculine or both, depending on where they're at in themselves. And then that is then replicated out into their view of the world around them. Yes. Mm-hmm. Such a great point. Yes. <laughs> that makes so much sense. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. I read the other day this incredible quote where it said, if you are a man that um, is scared of being perceived as feminine, mm-hmm. it means um, something like... You're, you're rejecting the feminine in, around you or around other, in others or something. Um, not like not to that level, but it, 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 it was about treatment. And it said it means you don't want to be treated like a woman like because oh, you know exactly because you know what happens to how, women yeah wow. you know and i was like ooh, yeah, yeah. and that's, that's a good one that's also part of that separation mm-hmm. like um because we actually know we mm-hmm. know exactly like what's up yeah um that is such a good point that is so amazing so this is an invitation to anyone who's like mm having challenges with masculine or feminine in their lives to look at where those are within mm. ourselves. Gosh. And do you believe like that we all have, no matter our gender, because obviously there's a huge spectrum, that everyone has a, a, a dominant energy? Like whatever you are, whether you're- Yeah, I mean, we all have masculine and feminine yes. within ourselves. Yes. And then there is the expression of our of who we are as a person that mm. will be dominant as masculine or feminine. Yeah. Depend regardless of how of but how do you know if that's really you, if that's the dominant if that's your natural self mm-hmm. or if that's something conditioned. We we had this conversation last week, right? Mm-hmm. Where because I I've always lived in my masculine really, really strongly. Mm-hmm. And then talking to you, I got like a bit doubtful if because I always thought well that is my dominant side that Mm. is my dominant energy that's just who I am Mm. and then I spoke to you and I and I started doubting it and I was like maybe that yes it was dominant but because I was conditioned Mm -hmm. that way maybe it's not my natural dominant energy I don't know like I don't think it is and I think there's two ways you can tell one when you've been doing some deconditioning work and you've done some work on yourself and started to let go of a lot of patterns, you'll start to notice where your energy flows more easily. And the other one is, you know you're in alignment with your truth when everything is easy. You know that you're out of alignment when you're having to try hard, when everything's effort, when you're pushing and forcing, then you're out of alignment and that's not you. So when you're exhausted, it's probably because you've been in the in the wrong space of yourself. Like a lot of women right now are absolutely exhausted, depleted because they've been in their masculine so much, acting out a role that isn't who they are, and mm. it's mm. awful. So like, how can you surrender? How can you come yeah. back in? How can you find stillness and center yourself, and then mm. act from that place? And a huge piece of that is learning to trust yourself mm. that you can, you will get and receive and have and do everything that you need by being the truest expression of yourself. Mm. And for some of of us, that means 
like if you would compare me to someone who's very alpha i'm like the laziest person on earth half of my days is like me sitting around thinking about things <laughs> because that's how like how i need to be to be able to show up in yeah. the world i need a lot of space and time to just like Mm-hmm. simmer mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah uh, being my feminine and you still get shit done absolutely you have your own business you have mm-hmm. courses mm-hmm. you know you sell products like you still get stuff done mm-hmm. just in a different way exactly because i feel i think that's probably one of the reasons why i feel bad because i feel like oh maybe like i in my head my conditioning is like oh feminine energy means i'm just lying around all day and I'm waiting for things to happen to me, yeah. which is not like my head knows this is not true. Mm-hmm. Um, but in a way, it is actually because feminine energy is insanely magnetic. Mm-hmm. And so, if you just show up to the things that light you up and make you feel good and are fun for you, yeah. that in itself creates this mag- magnetism. And yeah. then things show up for you yeah. while you're lying around in the bath. <laughs> like, oh, look at this opportunity! I was in the bath. <laughs> <laughs> And that happens very naturally. So there is a part of that, but most of us have this very deep conditioning that for anything Mm. to happen, for us to have our needs met, for the good to come to us, we have to prove our worth by working fucking hard. Yeah, yeah. That's true. (laughs) Absolutely true. I mean, that's definitely how I grew up and what I still believe to some extent. Mm. Like, it's still in my, like, my head. Like, I know, like, my actually not in my head I think from like my emotions rebel against it in my head head knowledge I know yes that's logical what you're saying mm-hmm. sounds p- makes perfect sense yes 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 I agree but then my emotions like it act doesn't up. feel safe yeah, yeah. exactly yeah. it doesn't feel safe and it just takes time to yeah. unravel that one it's a deep one it goes through generations and that's the thing when we're doing this yeah. work you're not just doing it for yourself or yeah. your parents you're doing mm-hmm. it for like six ten generations you're welcome guys <laughs> you're welcome dead people <laughs> oh my goodness and for the future as well mm-hmm. for everyone i'm like not just children like but everyone it has a you're in touch effect. with yeah. yeah everyone that like whose whose lives we touch is somehow influenced by that mm. gosh it's so so like fascinating isn't it i think so too (laughs) so when you are in alignment with your energy everything is easy Mm -hmm. that's Mm -hmm. how you know and so one of the Mm. easiest ways to get into Mm. that space Mm. is as you navigate your day and the things that you have to do because we all have things we have to do Mm. look for the path that's easiest to do the thing that you have to do like what's the most fun most easeful playful way that i can do this thing And each moment, each time you come up to a task or something that you need to show up for, what's the most easy, most fun, most playful way I can do this? Because a lot of people will try and find the hardest way. Can you give an example from your own life? Um, Kind of. Just because like this is really, really natural to me, so mm-hmm. I find it hard to describe. But I've been working, <laughs> I've been working with a videographer working on a course that's coming up called Huawei. And she's lovely. She's She's just the loveliest thing. I adore her. But she has this really deep conditioning around having to make things really hard and difficult. And so she's getting better now. But when we first started working together, I'd be like, this is the scene. This is kind of the story that I'm trying to capture. Okay, go. And then she would take it and overcomplicate it and then like be like, and then we have to shoot from here and from there and from this. And I'm like, oh, that sounds really like 
not fun. And she was like, yeah, but like, I just want to get it right. I'm like, no, we want it to be easy and fun. So how about we shoot it from there and then maybe from here as well. And then that's it. And she's like, whoa. Yeah. Two perspectives instead of 15. Yeah. yeah like yeah, I, yeah. we don't need yeah. extra. We yeah. don't, we want it to be, I really believe that. Yeah whatever energy we create something with is also the energy that people experience it from mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and so i'm like what's going to be most fun for us let's mm-hmm. just put the camera over there and play and see what happens and yeah. she's like oh my god yeah oh my yeah, god. Yeah, 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 yeah yeah that's how i operate at shoots as well at work and like just uh, that sounds like what you're describing sounds to me like you're not a perfectionist in the that's way true. the in the way society defines mm-hmm. perfectionist because I'm also not one. I once made a YouTube video. My YouTube channel is not online right now. I mean, I took all the videos down. But I, I once made a video about um, how I'm not a perfectionist. <laughs> I am really not. I'm like, I, th- I believe like done is better than perfect. Perfect. Like, yeah. I, and also, I mean, the word perfect and perfection. How do you know when you're there? You never get there. You never, like, it doesn't really exist because it's yeah. obviously subjective what's perfect. So... Mm. You never know and people sabotage themselves. So I'm like, I just do it. Yeah. Like, and But you're such an incredible artist and photographer. I imagine that you have an experience where the creative process is kind of co-collaborative. Like you, you do your part of like showing up and handling the camera, but the, the art also flows through you and is like, I want to yeah. be like this and I want to be like that. And you have to move with the inspiration that comes mm-hmm. through. So it's not yeah. just you, it's also what wants to be created yeah yeah right? yeah absolutely and so that takes away that element of like it has to be like this exactly i don't plan it in the tiniest details beforehand because i know with every shoot i show up at it's going to be a little bit different mm. and depending on who i have in front of me and then we create together something so i never plan too much in detail i'm like oh it's like it's it's going to be fine it's going to be great the results will be great i know it it's mm-hmm. just that's just because that's my process i feel like our listeners would then be so curious like i know like i'm asking you a question here but <laughs> let me just take over this interview <laughs> they will be so take curious over. how you found the confidence in yourself to be able to do that because i feel like a lot of people doubt their ability and so this is where they get stuck and they like overplan mm. everything and mm. stuff. So how did you feel that? Like, I know it's going to be great. Mm. So I think a uh, few different reasons. One is because I do not like to follow rules. So I didn't study photography. Um, I didn't f- like follow a lot of, I didn't do like lots of photography workshops or listen to a lot of photographers in the beginning a little bit, mm-hmm. but after like a couple of years in the industry, I kind of started freeing myself from it and mm-hmm. like starting to do my own thing. And so I think not having that conditioning of like from university, you know, or like this mm-hmm. is how you do photography and this the, is how it has to be. Yeah. And the ru- rule of thirds, you know, mm-hmm. in the frame and this and that, and you shouldn't do this and you shouldn't shoot like this and you should shoot like this. Like I didn't have that in my head. So that's one thing. Mm-hmm. I just created what I thought looked good, what I loved, what was inside of me, what wanted to be created, as mm-hmm. you said, like just, just what going with the flow. So one is, yeah, not having studied it, not having preconditioning in terms of, you know, photography mm-hmm. and, and creativity and art. And I think the other one is also just time and experience. Yeah. Um, going through different, I've been doing this for 11 years and 
going through different phases in the beginning of yeah being more shy and maybe being at a shoot and trying to be professional or like what people think is professional and i think that's what a lot of artists sometimes do as well um or like in, in my case photographers i talk to they they want to be professional so they mm. show up with tons of light equipment and tons of lenses and all of this and that's just to look professional and mm. look like they know what they're doing yesterday i had a shoot and i showed up with um, my little camera the one that's set up here and like two lenses mm. it was a portrait shoot i knew exactly what i needed and the lady was like wow yeah i expected you to come with lots of stuff and like lighting equipment and stuff and i'm like nah. <laughs> natural light is I, best. <laughs> yeah i know exactly what we're doing and i know what i need for that and i don't take any surplus like mm. if it, what for like that's, that's my favorite it's too yeah. much weight yeah, yeah. It, i don't take extra weight with me um if i know what we're doing and what i need for, to create that so mm. i think it's um it, it, and that came with time, that confidence with every shoot, with every client, my confidence just grew and grew and grew. And um, and now literally I'm at the point where I don't give a shit at all what other people think. If I look professional, um, what their opinion is, because I know the result. Mm -hmm. I know when they see the result, that's all they will care about. Mm. Before people see a result, it's like they care about all the stuff that's like not important. What do you shoot with? What's your equipment? What's this? What's that? Well, how long have you been doing this? Once they see the result, mm -hmm. they'll be like, okay, this is awesome. Mm -hmm. And that's all that matters in the end. It's just Absolutely. the result. Actually, it surprises me because I imagine that people hire you having seen your work and loving it. Now they do, yes. <laughs> and yeah. so like, I wouldn't yeah. even question like yeah. what your technique is or what camera. Mm. I don't even care. If you yeah. use a Polaroid, I don't care as long as I look like that, right? <laughs> yeah, sometimes I use Polaroids. Um, yeah. Now they do, mm. after all these years, yes. But yeah, in the beginning, or some people that might not know me or are like very traditional, even if they see my work, mm. they still have these funny questions. Ideas, yeah. Where like, um, what do I shoot with? Mm. Or I'm like, what do you care? Like, do this you even the... know what cameras are? <laughs> exactly, like, this is the result. You know, take it or leave it. Like, And that's, that's all that matters in the end. So um, yeah, I think that's how I got that time. Mm. And just... Learning to trust yourself. Yeah. Mm. And self-trust is a hard one. Yeah, it's huge. I think it's one of the best things anyone can ever learn in yeah. every area yeah. of their life. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Do you do you remember... Well, a little. My speech is going downhill. Um, it must be the cacao. <laughs> it's the taking effect. It's like taking effect. <laughs> I'm going into different spheres. <laughs> um, do you remember when you first had a breakthrough in self-trust? I remember being in my mid-twenties. Mm. Yeah, I would say like 24, 25. And I, I knew that I had a, an issue with trust. Trusting myself, trusting mm. life, trusting mm. the world because my experience had been that I couldn't trust life. Yeah. Because I had just, you know, such a challenging childhood and mm. things were happening all the time that really broke my trust. Mm. And so my operating system came from a place of not trust, which is 100% the opposite of what it is now. And so mm. when I was 24, 25, I'd say 24, I knew that it was an issue, but I didn't know how to fix it. Mm -hmm. I was just like, I don't know how to start. I don't know. And 
so I started by having like doing this weird manifesting technique where I changed every single password, like my email, my banking, everything to I trust myself, I trust life. And so I'd have to type it in every single day, every time I wanted to check my email, every time I wanted it's like I trust myself, I trust life, I trust myself, I trust life. Is it still your password? Just <laughs> no, <laughs> Okay, good, good. Guys, don't it's try not my password don't try anymore. anymore. <laughs> this is more than ten years ago. <laughs> now it's one million dollars. I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> I've done that before where I've used passwords to yeah. like affirm myself things. Yeah. And so it began there, like mm. just having the willingness to go there and then it was a practice like mm. how can I trust myself how can I trust myself and and willing and it's scary because you're basically leaning into a into a dark space that's really unknown yeah. and and is a practice it's getting mm. comfortable with not knowing mm. and that's what trust is it's mm. leaning into the unknown mm. and believing that mm. you're going to be safe and protected and everything's going to work out and the more that I did that, even when it was scary and uncomfortable, the more my trust grew. Because mm. I was like, oh, look. And now I have this like quite insane game with the universe in general where I'm like, what about if I did this? Will you catch me? What about this thing? Oh, and like yeah. every time she's like, I got you. And I'm like, ooh, how far can I push this? <laughs> <laughs> That's, I, it's one of the things I wrote down that you, which is not a question, but I just like, it, um, you seem so comfortable with uncertainty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like you've I've completely flow. Yeah, you completely flow with it. Like, mm-hmm. don't know what's happening next, but but I'm excited about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. which yeah. is so incredible. Oh, I love this. <laughs> and um, yeah, it's definitely something I am still learning mm. because self trust has always been unsafe. Mm-hmm. Or I've just been because growing up Christian, evangelical Christian, you're just taught not to trust yourself. Mm-hmm not to trust your heart the heart is deceitful all those bible verses wow. like the heart is the root of all evil and like blah 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 mm-hmm. and that anything good is outside of you in god it's not in wow. you so you don't you i basically grew up not trusting my body my feelings mm-hmm. my thoughts <laughs> um i mean that is so that kills a soul yeah it does that just it it, it does. hurts me to hear yeah. and it takes a while to to unlearn that mm-hmm. and listen inside and be like what am i feeling when actually your body is the most accurate and powerful navigation mm. system mm. that each one of us have mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. nothing outside yeah. you can is more yeah. accurate yeah it, that is so true mm-hmm. and i and i love discovering that now i also kind of had to understand that though i have to like to, for my body to be my navigation system it has to be healed as well because mm-hmm. otherwise it's a broken navigation mm-hmm. system and it can like sometimes but you know we're all in process all the yeah. time it's never like yeah. you're going to be perfectly healed yeah but i think yeah um loving your body and not just in like a met- metaphorical metaphorical Forical, way yeah but as in like even though I'm not perfect, yeah, even though yeah. there are aspects of myself that still need work. Mm. I love and trust myself enough that I will follow even when it makes no sense. And yeah. this is where our intellect gets mm. tricky. Mm. Our brains like to take control mm. when actually they need to take a back seat. Talking about like that uncertainty and the trust and flow. We also had a conversation recently about 
the scary to worse. I'm gonna call them scary. They're not scary, but like settling down. Oh wow! <laughs> um, and like um, mentioning that because um, we were talking about like we're tired of traveling. Mm-hmm. We're tired of like a nomadic life style. You've been doing that for twenty years, basically, and um, me for ten. And like, how do you com- not combine? But like, how do you navigate that? I guess being like yeah I'm kind of tired of that nomadic life and I I crave a bit more stability I don't know if stability is the right word you can you can take over in a second yeah. and, and, and say it differently but also still like being open to flow and to uncertainty mm-hmm. and like how how do you you know yeah I think I think there's a misconception that settling down quote unquote Mm. or having a more permanent living experience means being stuck oh yeah that's a good one and I mean (laughs) I mean you can choose to be stuck if you want to yeah but actually life is always changing and moving and flowing and one of the best ways that we can see that in our environment is the seasons Mm. it's never the same Mm. and the Mm. same for our lives is constantly changing and evolving and moving and things are always happening maybe in a more nuanced way Mm. maybe it's more subtle than when you're traveling the world yeah but equally as powerful and beautiful and inspiring and it's about being able to tune into that and allow yourself to move with that aspect yeah it's an inner thing it's mm-hmm. not necessarily your circumstances right mm-hmm. if you're well both if it's you're just, out in the world yeah, and, yeah i mean it's both it's even mm. the way that you interact with the world mm. i do little things like i try and take a different path all the time when i'm walking just to experience something different or like going away for a week is also really really mm. nice because then you come back and you see the place that you're living in with mm. fresh eyes mm-hmm. and it's finding a way to create that kind of momentum and playfulness and lightness Mm. in your more settled experience yeah yeah and maybe you know for me I spent so many years looking for that and getting it that inspiration and the expression of life in the fast motion of travel outside of me and it was amazing and it was exactly what I needed for me one of the incredible benefits of travel was that I would put myself into new environments and each time I could be a new person mm-hmm. so all of the deconditioning and inner work I was doing it meant that every time I showed up somewhere I could be the new expression of myself whereas I find that when people stay in the place that they've maybe grown up in or mm-hmm with people that they've gone to school with and they go and evolve the expectations of the people around you might might yeah, keep you yeah, yeah. in that box of their perception of who they it's who harder you to are. live that yeah. it's harder to mm. be that new expression all the time because mm. you're changing a lot and that often means that your friendship groups will change mm-hmm, to mm. reflect who you're becoming and things like that so for me one of the biggest gifts of travel was it gave me a platform to be the expressive new version of myself all the time mm. and now I know how to do that really easily and I can do it like even in a place where I stay yes where you are mm-hmm. that is so good oh my goodness that was <laughs> that was yes yeah makes so much sense thank you that was beautiful that was a beautiful beautiful ending 
of this conversation that I don't want to end, but we'll end it for now. We'll do this again. Love that. <laughs> um, but my last question that I ask everyone on the podcast is um, who or what has inspired you lately or challenged you, moved you to action or to change your perspective or reframe th something and that could be anyone um, mm -hmm. known or unknown person or thing or event lately um, actually on the weekend I was given this book by Osho called Being in Love mm. and um, Osho it's <laughs> <laughs> interesting <laughs> and it's, it's an old book and whoever owned it before mm. I used a pencil to underline all these bits oh. which I kind of like because I skip yeah. all the things that aren't underlined and just look at the bits <laughs> that have been underlined and I got to this passage in the book where it said something on the, along the lines and I can't, I'm paraphrasing here mm -hmm. it said something along the lines of we have this misunderstanding in our society that we fall in love mm -hmm. but when it's real mm -hmm. and true love we rise in love mm -hmm. and I had this aha moment like yes, we rise in love mm -hmm. like that's so gorgeous so I think that kind of really stayed with me yeah. it really imprinted something in me about how we can perceive love in a different way that we don't need to lose ourselves in it, or that we don't need to compromise ourselves in it, but mm -hmm. rather allow ourselves to rise in it. Mm. Beautiful. Osho is great. Like, I know some people hate him. He's controversial. Um, he's definitely controversial. Some definitely. books I do not enjoy of his. Mm. This one I do. Yeah. So, you know. <laughs> his book, Intimacy, is one of my favorite books. Mm. It's, it's, wow. I've not read that one. It's, it's If you want it, I can give it to you. It's all underlined as well. <laughs> Perfect. I'd love to borrow it. <laughs> Underline, doggy-eared, everything. It's pretty, my favorite. Pretty much every page. <laughs> it was really, really good. But yeah, amazing. Thank you so much. Uh, thank you so Loved much. Loved having you here. Um, we should eat the croissants now. Mm -hmm. <laughs> off, off air. <laughs> <laughs>